Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Our guest today is Sarah McElroy, founder of Raise to Rise, Raise to Rise Project. Sarah, who reinvented her own career after experiencing the pandemic burnout, is now on a mission to help other women make bold career moves by learning when and how to quit a job that is taking more than it's giving. Oh my gosh, I can so relate to that. So welcome to our program today, Sarah. Thank you so much, Susan. Very glad to be here today. Can you tell us a little bit, I think just to get to know you more, Sarah, a little bit about your personal experience and who you were before your first resignation. Tell us a little bit about who you were and what led to that first resignation. Absolutely. You're spot on in that I consider myself to be a two-time member of the Great Resignation, the class of 2021 and 2022. And on the, the other side, or if we were to rewind back to before that first resignation, I was really that corporate good girl. I was the person that would do anything that was asked of me. I'd work the extra hours, keep my nose to the grindstone, head down, don't rock the boat, just get it done. And it felt like if I just did those things and executed flawlessly against the the good girl playbook, I would be rewarded. And I'd climb the ladder and I would increase the size of my paychecks and I'd chase fancy titles and everything would work out. But on the other side of, of actually achieving the dream on paper was that it, which was that I became a member of the C-suite by the age of 35. I just looked around and realized I was so unhappy and hollow. And I'd really built my life, essentially this house of cards that didn't actually have anything to do with me consciously choosing the path that I was on, but just following what I thought the expectation was that everybody wanted for me. And so in part of that, I was trying to prove myself in this new CMO role that I landed in 2020 after the pandemic lockdown and was balancing an executive MBA program at the time. And between the two was working up to 20 hours a day. Now, not every single day, but in a really unsustainable fashion. I actually ended up having a couple episodes of throwing up blood that landed me in the ER, but even that wasn't enough to really slow me down and to get me to reassess what I was doing and how I was approaching my life. Really, that came when I was diagnosed with shingles in April 2021. And when I had this moment of being overjoyed that I'd that I would have 10 straight days off of work for a socially acceptable reason and nobody could push back on it, it became that moment of awakening of like, okay, Sarah, we're going to have to do something differently here. This is not a normal reaction to being told that you've got shingles and it's a disease that could potentially result in blindness and paralysis. So for me, that was my big reset moment. And I think we all have those aha moments. And I think that too often, especially as women, we say, well, I'll just work harder and harder and someone will yes. notice them realizing yes. that's not true. But but that wasn't your first resignation. You actually had a second resignation. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, sure. Well, so after the shingle diagnosis, it's like, okay, I'm going to do things differently. I found a new job in Florida. I moved down. I was in Atlanta previously, moved down here for a fresh start. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm cutting back on hours. I'm doing loads of yoga and meditation. I ended up in this tiny little home on the water. So I'm prioritizing my well-being, my peace, my joy every single day. And my burnout is not fully healing. And it's a fascinating thing because during that time, my story was actually picked up by the Wall Street Journal. And I shared with them in a podcast that ran in January, the way it ends is like Sarah's found her idyllic spot on the water and is coming out the other side of this burnout experience that she had in her CMO role better and stronger than ever. And in many ways, that was true. But what I didn't realize at the time is that I have this burnout wound, and it is nascently healing. And as much as I'm trying to protect it by minimizing my hours or working a normal schedule and doing the other sort of self-care things that you see all of the, the listicles on the internet are telling us we should do or need to do, I didn't realize that taking that burnout wound and walking into an organization that was extremely toxic and misogynistic. I was dealing with sexual harassment issues that were not being properly addressed for months. That was like a paper cut every single day on that newly healing burnout wound. And then finally, after months of pushing for an investigation, the company ended up doing one, but it was just so perfunctory and check the box that I knew that day that I was done. After I got off the call with HR, I later that night drafted a resignation letter, a pretty blistering anti-harassment resignation letter. And before dawn the next morning, I took my laptop into the office and I'm honestly trembling with my finger over the send button, but I send the letter and I send it to my boss. I send it to HR and I send it to the CEO and I walk out the door. And I don't even give the two weeks notice because at this point, it's been months in the making. And it's like, I've given them months. My well-being has been deteriorating. Why would I give two more weeks after this real insult to injury that is this very cursory investigation that happened? And so I walk out. I have no plan. I'm reeling. But I feel more empowered and liberated than ever. This is the antithesis of that good girl that I was talking about just began, yeah, but it was like yeah. something broke open in me. And I knew this was really a moment of no reckoning, but also made me ask the question of like, what are other women experiencing? I can't be the only person who is and that, and struggling you are with so that. right. You're so right in that because millions of women have left their jobs since 2020. Yes. Yeah. Why do you think it's mostly women that are leaving their jobs? I know we read articles, but to think that millions of women since 2020 have left their positions, why do you think this is? I mean, the last two plus years have been hard on everyone, but for women especially, McKinsey and the Lean In organization published their Women in the Workplace report every year, and they found that as a result of us losing a lot of the safety nets that we had pre-pandemic, so that would be like with schools closing, childcare facilities closing, or even being able to get more support from family and friends, all of a sudden, all of our lifelines were closed off or cut off, I guess you could say, and women started spending upwards of an additional three hours at home 
in housework, in childcare duties, and we're three times as likely as male counterparts in the household to be doing that work. So you take what is already very stressful at work in balancing professional responsibilities, add in a black swan economic event where everybody's workplace is really trying to figure out what's going to happen and navigate the chaos and uncertainty and the fear, and then all of the pressure at home. And it's a perfect storm that makes it so that about 50% of women, according to a Deloitte study that came out earlier this year, are reporting that they either have poor or very poor mental health and that they're burned out. Yeah. And interestingly, though, too, in the other side of that, there were some people that said it was a gift, the pandemic, because of the family time that they realized that they had given up and the quality time sure. um, that they home together, even husbands and wives and children that they were like, we we're actually sitting down to dinner together. So I think you're right. We have to address it. It's so critical for women that why was this stress on them and it was an imbalance. And on the other hand, it's also was for so many women. So I think there's the good and the bad. And that's why this conversation yeah. is so critical so that we see that there are two sides to things. Every time that we invite someone on our podcast, we often end with the last question, and that's what advice would you give a woman that's listening today and thinking about, should I leave my current job that I'm really not happy with or that is putting, as you talked about, health or mental stress, what advice would you give that person that's listening today? What would be the top one, two, or three things that they should think about to help themselves? First and foremost, listen to your body. That is a lesson that I learned the very hard way. But I deeply believe after now my own personal experience and interviewing many women from the great resignation that when we ignore the nudges that we're getting from within ourselves telling us what we should or shouldn't be doing and whether a job has reached its expiration date or beyond, when we ignore those signs, they will manifest physically to get our attention. So first and foremost, I would say pay attention to your body and honor that knowing. What I was so floored by when I spoke with women from the Great Resignation is that every woman I interviewed just knew when it was time for her to leave her job. It wasn't like all of these mental gymnastics or cerebral exercises with pro-con lists and budgets and things like that that ultimately made the decision for them. It, they were coming back to this deeper sense of knowing. And so I would say to to honor that and trust that part of you because I deeply believe every woman knows what's best for her. It's just that the expectations and pressures from society, the other people in our lives, we've been raised to be caretakers and to look out for others, we can often lose connection with that voice within ourselves that knows what's right for us. And so it's about reconnecting and following then what we know is really best for us, not what other people think we can or should be doing. I can't agree with you more. I think that the greatest gift we're given as women is we have such a strong inner voice and intuition. Totally. And when we negate that, we actually not only abuse ourselves, but those around us. So that that yeah. is such a key takeaway today. And I can't thank you enough because I think that Raise to Rise project that you have undertaken is such a gift and such a give back. And so thank you for coming on today, for sharing that, and for giving women an opportunity to question and say, am I happy and what am I doing? So Sarah, thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you so much, Susan. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.